Thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. They'll be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they manage things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. Hi and very, very warm welcome back. I'm Linda Sage and this is Learning From Life. And I know I say it every time, but yes, it's again, it's, but it's true. I have amazing guests and we are now starting our second year. This is the first episode we're going to be doing of the second year of the podcast. So it's quite exciting now to go on to sort of the next level. And the gentleman I have with me has worn many hats and he's still wearing in different hats and learning new things as well. So this is a, a gentleman I've met actually through doing the, uh, the radio and doing uh, things here in uh, East Leeds where we're based. So wherever you are, you can uh, join us at any time. We're always online and uh, it's how people meet up and find different people. And so today we have a wonderful gentleman and he actually speaks properly like me. It's not like, like, like these people from the north of England. <laughs> and I'll be getting some, uh, some, some comments about that, I'm sure. But Keith, Keith Fenton is with me and uh, really pleased to have you here, Keith. Hello, Linda. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, Good. it's so nice to hear the southern yeah, ringing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I have to, um, I, I had to. It was a losing battle trying to teach my daughter who's born and bred Yorkshire to speak properly but then I'm afraid I lost that one that battle so <laughs> you're just keeping your end of the bargain up keep my end of the bargain up. That's it, yeah. <laughs> all right so Keith um obviously uh we're going to come to the radio bit but we'll come to that afterwards because it's sure. a little way down the line of uh, your life really so let's kick yeah. off with uh, where it started where, where does Keith Fenton come from and who is he Oh well, there's a there's a swerve ball straight away. Thank you very much for that. Yes, I'm, I'm from I'm from South East London, but I was actually born in um, I was actually born in your native Kent, Linda. I was born mm-hmm. out in Alpington, um, in uh, a long time ago. <laughs> in the, in, we don't in, need to in, go in numbers now. In, in the late sixties, but late enough that I don't remember the sixties, so that means I was there. Uh, so you, you were part and parcel somewhere. I was. I was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's where I'm from, uh, and I now live in Leeds, in North Leeds, and uh, I've been here for some time now, 17 years I think I've been in Leeds wow. now, on and off. Wow, yeah, it's, it seems to be that uh, a lot of people come and they don't go back, they either come to, and go to uni and then don't go, so I've, I've been here about four years now, so uh, I think yeah. I'm sort of slipping into that category as well. Yeah, well, I, I didn't I didn't go to uni here. I, I, I came much later in life, but um, and then I, I uh, added to the um, gene pool in this area, so I stayed here. That was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good reason to stay, I think. So we're going to go back and sort of go through this in a bit of a timeline, which sure. um, I know at school that uh, you've got quite a lot of, of memories about that, really. That uh, actually you were quite a high achiever at school, or it could have been. 
No, that's well. I was at first, and then I fell away very badly, and um, I think that's what probably one of me early lessons. I learned quite a lot of lessons at school, and I know this is outside the classroom. So when I'm talking about school, I'm not really talking about in the classroom. I'm talking about just that period of time. Um, and I was good at certain things. I was top of the class and all that, and I, I was about 12, that kind of age. And people were saying, God, this, this lad will go to Oxford and all this sort of stuff. I was a, good, I was a fairly good writer. Um, all my stuff was always read out. I was good at football. Uh, it was a rugby school, though. I wasn't much good at rugby, so, but I just preferred football. I was good at these things, and I thought I would always be good at them um, without ever having to really try. I kind of believed my own press. And what happened was I fell away uh, in a lot of those areas. I never really developed um, a lot of those things. I was um, the things I was good at. Just other people caught me up, um, so I wasn't really a high achiever. That wouldn't be the. But I threatened to be, and um, I, I learned a big lesson by not um, achieving anything. Well, I say not didn't achieve anything. I mean, I did achieve things, but not. I didn't achieve as much as people thought I might be about to. So. Yeah. So it, it, you didn't, you sort of sat back on your laurels thinking, oh, because I'm good at this, it'll just take me through, rather than knowing yeah. that you had to work at it to make it better. Ex exactly. I just thought I was, you know, a lot of people said at the time, well, that lad doesn't even need to work to be to be good. And I believe that. I, I had no reason to, to believe anything else. So my, uh, my, my daughter's obviously at school now, and she, and she has been top of her class quite a lot. And of course, I've spent a lot of time trying to tell her, whatever you do, don't think it stays like that it won't if you if you let it go so that's a lesson I'm trying to um, give her and she seems to be doing a lot better than I was at that age so <laughs> um, so it's working quite well so far but you know it's it's the long game isn't it yeah and and of course uh, coming from um, the London area and coming to Leeds we, we could have the option of going straight up the M1 but uh, I think uh, very much like me you didn't do that you uh, went the scenic route I did slightly yeah because I actually moved to uh, well I moved to Leeds the first time I moved to Leeds twice because I moved away from Leeds for a couple of years and came back so the first time I moved, I moved from Spain, actually. I was in Spain, and I know that uh, you've lived in Spain. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we, we're probably coming to that later, I should think. But um, So that was the first time, and, and um, then I went away for a couple of years and, and um, to Glasgow. And when I came back, obviously, I, people were saying, oh, we, you've come from down south. And I said, actually, no, I've come from up north. But <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's confused a lot of people. But, yeah, so I've, I've come a slightly... Uh, roundabout route I mean Leeds was a, a city I knew pretty well before I lived in it I mean I knew a lot of people here and so it, it wasn't um, it, it wasn't necessarily a coincidence that I ended up here and, and then talking about different places I mean talk about living in in Spain and mm. living in Glasgow I mean yeah there must there must have been language issues in both places <laughs> Yeah, well, it was much easier to pick up Spanish than Glaswegian, yeah. obviously. <laughs> so, um, I mean, Spain, well, I, mean, I, I maybe had a different, uh, you were married to a Spanish man who didn't didn't speak English. You had to learn pretty quickly. And I was I was the same, I guess. I, I, was, I went to Spain on my own, and I didn't go to a place where people spoke English. Um, so, and as you as you can probably tell I'm a bit of a chatterbox so I had to learn quite quickly otherwise I was going to have to not be able to talk to people which wouldn't have done very well so I had to learn it quite quickly um, which I did uh, and that's um, th there's learning a language but there's quite a lot of things you learn around learning the language 
so for example that time in my life I was in my early 30 but I was 34 I think when I went to Spain and um, I was still I still had that youthful um, uh, crippling embarrassment every time anything went wrong so if I was speaking and things weren't sounding right I'd soon clam up because I felt I'm getting everything wrong here and people are going to laugh at me but that disappears very quickly when you're trying to learn a language because you're getting laughed at about 25 times a day so you, you swiftly do you know because your, your attempts to speak it at first are pretty comical um uh, i'm sure yours weren't but mine, <laughs> mine oh, were, they were. <laughs> at first and, and it was it was quite difficult and I, you, you only had to get little things wrong to make it very badly wrong to their ears so um i had to learn quickly um you know just but i found that actually after a while you just think well if they want to laugh at me let them laugh at me <laughs> it doesn't really after it's happened a few times you just, you just don't really care anymore so i think that quite quite a big part of finally growing up i think in certain ways that i maybe hadn't done before and it was high time probably and and it's not just the language is it it's it's also the the culture and being out of your own real comfort zones because when you're yeah. brought up in a specific area m most of the people around you do things in a similar way and you have you're sort of used to things being uh, how they are and when you go somewhere else and see them done differently or beliefs are different it, it's quite a jolt sometimes it is yeah I mean, obviously that the whole rhythm of life there is completely different um, it's you know, it's not far away, and it, there's a lot of similarities between Spanish people and English people, but there are also a lot of very big differences, and mm -hmm. they've got huge differences in the way they organise their day. As you know, you you, you don't sort of get up at um, <laughs> you're going to bed at five, not getting up at five <laughs> very often, <laughs> and um, and you have you know the 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 kip in the middle of the day. Um, it's it it was still where I was 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 quite rural and um, not really that near any large cities. So um, it meant, I guess, they still had those old rhythms, which may be a disappearing in some of the cities, um, in, in the bigger ones in Spain. Um, but there was that to, to deal with, which I quite liked, actually. Quite li it, it suited my rhythms at the time, always been a night owl, and, you know, I like a kip in the middle of the day if I can get one. But unfortunately... Here I am speaking to you instead of that, but, <laughs> but um, so, uh, I'll just put it down to tiredness if anything comes out wrong. So, um, but yeah, there's there, there's that. Um, there's learning out. I mean, slowing down. Oh, that was a big thing. You know, I was, uh, coming from London, you, you're always sort of on edge, really. And and going there, it, it was a small, t very small town or a large village. It was probably about three thousand people lived there, uh, and it was in the middle of mountains, so it w wasn't easy to get to. And um, it was a small town as well, so you had to be careful. You had to watch your mind, mind your p's and q's. It wasn't like London where you can just disappear into the background. If, if you, if anything, you said or did wasn't approved of, <laughs> um, then everyone knew about it. And that was something. That was another thing I had to, to learn about. And that would have been the case even if it had been an English village or um, or anything. So that's on top of the cultural thing was also the just the difference in scale. It, it's funny because very often it's the small things that make such a difference. I mean, I know I struggled very badly at first mm. with the proximity, you know, like, like the, the kisses and things like this. Yeah. Because it was very much like, this is, this is my space. You don't come in here unless you're yeah, invited. Yeah, but everybody's right. just in there. 
they are. Well, yeah, they they're not bothered, are they? Straight <laughs> in there, and you go off. Oh, get back. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I I, I love living there, and I, I I mean, there's lots of reasons I don't live there anymore. I didn't live there that long, actually. I was there for two years, um, and uh, only one year of that was up in the north. Um, so I, after that, I was down in the in the flesh, the tourist flesh pots of the south, mm-hmm. where I was one of the you know. I, um, quite often, you, you know, you'd struggle to find someone that spoke Spanish in some parts down there. Uh, but so I managed to maintain it for that period. And it also opened up other things. It opened up, I, I, I travelled quite a bit to South America after that. Uh, and I was able to speak the language, which was quite nice. You know, it, it would very different had I done that before living in Spain. Obviously, I wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't have got as much out of it. Yeah, and again, it's like you talk about your skills, you know, picking mm. them up as you get older. Sometimes it takes us quite a long time to realise that you know these skills can be developed instead of just thinking, oh well, that's how I am and that's how it's always going to be. Well, definitely, yeah. There's, I mean, like I said before, when I when I was in you know at school age, there were lots of things where I thought I was going to be great at something forever, and I wasn't. Um, so I mean, I. Uh, I, I speak to, for example, now, you know, with the radio show, and I speak to a lot of people involved in, in writing, people who are very accomplished writers and things, and they're always very kind to me and say, oh, you're, you're pretty good with words yourself. And I go, yeah, yeah, maybe so, but in fact, I didn't develop this like you did when I was younger. Uh, there's quite a few lost years there, so, and that's quite a problem, but it's never too late. That's the big thing to remember. It's never too late to get back on it and um to, to to learn things again and it's it's probably more rewarding when you're older you appreciate the, uh, the lessons more i think yeah. and and talking about writing you mm. uh, you were talking earlier that you've got very much into poetry now you know uh, a jack the lad from the east end area of <laughs> london you know you don't really put these t- this character with poetry you know how did this come about uh, well i i, I was um yeah, I mean, I'm from a reasonably educated family, I think, to start with. But the, um, we, we just sound rough. But we, not really that rough. But I, I'm, I, So, yeah, but I mean, it, it was something I, I, I enjoyed doing when I was young. Uh, and I enjoyed poetry when I was young. Um, I wouldn't like to read any poetry I wrote when I was young. I could imagine I'd probably be quite cringeworthy. Um, but, uh, you know, you'll have, have a go at that age. But I never really developed the skill. And even though I did keep writing, poetry's always been something I've seen as a kind of exercise to do. And I think I've undersold it to myself by treating it that way. And I think the, the last year or so, I've been writing a lot more poetry and um, taking it a bit more seriously and learning a bit more about what works and what doesn't. Um, I've, uh, I've, I think um, it's developed in... Um, I'm trying to think what I'm trying to say here. I, I lost, um, I lost something, and I'm regaining it now in the last year. And learning that poetry is probably the purest form of writing, and I never really appreciated that before. It's the sort of thing I might have said without really knowing what I meant. Um, but uh, now I get a small volume of poetry. I've got a lot of them in the last year or so, and it's a tiny little thing, and it might have cost me a tenner. And it looks not very good value, but every single word in there is is it means something. It's it's different from buying a novel. Um, it's it's a distillation um, of words and meaning and and everything. And I've 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 learned to appreciate that I think a lot more. 
and how much goes into every single poem and how much it takes out of you to do it properly. It's quite easy just to knock off a little bit of a verse or something, but to really apply yourself to writing a poem is, um, is not actually that easy, not if you do it properly. So uh, that's something I've really learned in the last year. I knew it before. It's not like I didn't know it before, but I've, I've begun to appreciate it more, I think. Is is there anybody that you would say would sort of be your your leading light or somebody that you know you, you really appreciate their poetry? Oh, lots, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Peter's pal um, Ian McMillan would be one who I really appreciate. I think most people will have heard of him. Um, a wonderful uh, poet, and also from South Yorkshire, there's Jeff Hattersley, whom I really um, enjoy. Uh, but there's there's lots of I mean pretty much um, you know there's who's the other uh, Simon Armitage of course is another one uh, also from Yorkshire I think I've um, learned to like Yorkshire poems because that's where I've started to take it a bit more seriously I think that's probably why quite a lot of the people I read are from Yorkshire there's another great um, poet called Keith Hudson he's got a good first name hasn't he um, and uh, I like him, and uh, a lot. Of, but the thing is, I'm, I've uh, I've learnt um, about the existence of lots of other people who are not quite so well known uh, on the circuit and what have you. And and of course, I've listened to a few of them um, on Chapel FM and on the Writing on Air thing, and also other open mics. And um, there's quite a big world out there locally with uh, poetry and spoken word, and it's um, it's great to be. Uh, you know on the fringes of it and um, you know and, and it, it, it gives you kind of hope that you can um, you can do something with, uh, with, with with what you most enjoy and it has become something I've really come to embrace uh, in the last year I think the lockdown as well has maybe lent lent itself to poetry I think it's it's probably created quite a need for it so um, I don't think that's a coincidence either I know there's some traits, and perhaps that comes across in in poetry as well. That mm. you spoke earlier about, you know, uh, really being uh, important to like honesty. Yeah, honest. Well, yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, it, the, the, the honesty thing was, was something that probably happened uh, back in the nineties. I think I was. I was sort of between. I, I went from one relationship with a member of the opposite gender to another relationship with a member of the opposite gender. And um, there were quite a lot of quite a lot of information passing between the two people, and um, I told a massive fib at some point during the middle of all that, and it rebounded on me too. It didn't rebound on me one big thing, but I had about three years of grief because of it, and of course I brought it all on myself. And um, that that relationship ended about three years later. Otherwise, it would probably still be going on. <laughs> the problem would still be going on now. But it, it taught me a big thing about being straight with people um, and th the reason I told it was because I was a little bit young and a little bit spineless I think and um, I think that's a very very big lesson to learn is that however badly the truth puts you that the, the light that shines on you from the truth however bad that is just let it shine on you it's a much much easier thing to do than to try and wriggle out of it um, it may seem to be working for some people in public life, but um, but I think you know most of us who who just have normal lives to live, it it's really it's a really good thing just to be straight with people and uh, people trust you more. Um, I think my life has changed immeasurably 
immeasurably by being strong enough just to be honest with people and say no that's the case or that's not the case as i see it and that's that's the end of that rather than pretending and it's a big part of pretending to be something that you're not um if you just be yourself is 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 um is is a much better strategy for life i think than pretending you're someone else very true and it's it's very often a hard lesson to learn you know it It could have been a lot harder i must say but i I probably got away with it but at the time it was it was a bad it wasn't a great time for me in terms mentally it was a bad time for me it probably all bound up with the same thing i was young i guess and but um and uh, so it it was it was a big lesson so i'm I'm glad i learned it so (laughs) and you you spoke earlier about you know being at school and being very much into football and of course sport has been something that uh, has come with you right through your life indeed it has yeah i've um i think sport has probably been my savior i think and um i think now as i get older and fatter and you know i still do it but there's going to come a time i guess when uh, I'll do it less, but um, I think the I think writing about sport, and I also have a pretty good handle on the history of things like football and cricket and whatever. Um, those things are great of great interest to me. So I think I'll have a life in sport even when I hang boots and bats and what have you up. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's it's been hugely important I think for my um, mental well-being in life. I think uh, everyone goes through bad times. Um, I don't think I've been. I mean, I, I listened to your thing with uh, Nikki, the um, <laughs> Nikki Pants, and what your your friend who's a, who's a, a force of nature, and she's been yeah. through a lot more than a lot more than I have, I think, in life. So I'm not competing with anyone, but but I think we all um, j- j- have bad times, and we don't feel great, or or things weigh on us, or whatever. And I think that all through those times, I've always been able to count on uh, the the constant. Um, hum of sport behind all that I can just get back onto that um, wagon and uh, it, you know enjoy that ride even when things are bad so it's um, it's it's been a um, a very nice a very nice mistress if you like <laughs> to have um, that's uh, and and now I think you know we're going to be talking about it on this sports show that we're doing um, that, you know a lot of people are beginning to recognize how important sport is for mental well-being and um, so we should be talking about that on, on Chapel FM soon. And I'm looking forward to that uh, because it's really important. I'm no expert in these matters, you know, but um, but it's just brought me so much pleasure in life. Um, and it still does. I was playing football yesterday. Not very well, but, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm enjoying it. So that's that's um, a good place to be. Yeah, that's the most important thing. And yes, and taking us full circle, because obviously uh, we are broadcasting through uh, Chapel FM Art Centre and also mm. the programmes that I do as well, uh, we're st- albeit that we're still virtual, so we are very yes, much dependent yeah. on our wonderful techies. But uh, you joined the Radio Land just about a year ago, just about when we started the podcast, so it's quite a nice uh, coincidence, that one. Yeah, it was it was a bit, a bit over a year. It, it mm-hmm. was I think it was January time um, last year, so it was before the lockdown. But we didn't realise how soon it would be before we would have one. And um, the uh, I, I think I was in the studio a couple of times before the lockdown happened. Um, me and our last Helen, we we both um, uh, joined at the same time, and it was all thanks to the lovely Sophie Abbott, who is uh, on the deli. I'm sure some listeners will know who she is. She reads some wonderful stuff on there, and uh, it was her that invited us along. And it's it's been a, a wonderful thing. I think the the, the lockdown has, has turned it into an even more wonderful thing because it's given a focus at a time when 
obviously there's, there's a danger that um, one day can just go into the next but if you've got a focus and something to um, to, to think about from week to week from month to month um, then uh, the more things the better if, if you're having to be behind closed doors so um, coming in uh, sort of later on in in life to something uh, so different to what you've ever done before was it quite mm. daunting or was it so, sort of a determination that oh, I'm going to go and do something completely different well, yeah, I've, I've been, I mean, it wasn't my idea, it was her idea, and um, I, I, I immediately I heard it, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Um, I've, uh, in recent years, I've um, found myself uh, speaking more, you know, in public and things, which is something I was, you know, I found cripplingly difficult when I was younger. And um, I thought, you know, I'd enjoy that, I enjoy, you know, going on and, and being part of something, um, and and just saying yes to things. And it doesn't matter whether you're good or bad at them. Um, if you're good at them, well, that's great. And if you're bad at them, well, you'll learn, won't you? <laughs> that's the way I look at it now. I, I don't sort of think, oh, that, oh that's not for me. Um, whereas when I was younger, I think I probably did think that about a lot of things. I think I was frightened to do things because I didn't think that they um, suited who I was. But um, I, I don't really have those problems anymore. So... Uh, yeah, I, I had no hesitation, and um, it's been it's been great, and I, I've I've learned a lot, I think, through doing it. Unfortunately, I think Elliot will tell you, I haven't learned a great deal about the technical side of radio because I still give him headaches every time I'm on. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I've um, but in, just in terms of being on the air and 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 saying stuff and reading stuff out, um, and and I enjoy the live aspect of it. Of course, sometimes it's pre-recorded, but I. I enjoy the kind of idea that well it could go wrong and if it does well you'll just crack on um mm -hmm. so that's uh, that's that's i find that uh, energizing yeah and of course hopefully we're going to be able to get back into the studio sometime soon as well and oh, yeah. you've got a brand new show coming up as well i believe with uh, tony with Tony and, and lots of others as well. There's lots of people involved um, in, in the show. Charlotte, of course, at the, the centre. Charlotte Carrick is uh, one of the chief people among those. There's quite a few people um, doing it. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, I'm hoping it's going to be an eclectic thing. There's going to be lots of different things on it. There will be community stuff, community engagement, information, uh, but also lots of other sort of more eccentric things things about the history of sport in leeds things about um what's happening um with uh, you know minority sports for example things that people maybe haven't thought about doing or or, or maybe haven't even thought about existing um but uh, i think there's there's enough material there to sustain it through many many years of broadcasting um it's just a matter i think we'll probably find our feet um you never know we might find our feet straight away in the first show but it might take two or three shows before we really get going but we'll have to see um how it goes but i hope people will support the project and get behind it and um you know we, we're really looking forward to it and, and of course tony uh, macaluso is the yes. director um joint director yeah. of uh, chapel fm art center as well and he's from the other side of the pond so it's going to be quite interesting to get his uh, knowledge <laughs> and understanding of you know British football, rather than their, you know. Well, he's I've got to say, he's he's a, he's a very willing learner himself about these things. He doesn't live too far from the cricket ground at Headingley, and um, he uh, he's 
getting into the game, even came to see watch me play one last year. Um, uh, and uh, so he's, um, he's he's definitely he's one of these people. Uh, you know, I'd I'd like to think you know we should all be a bit like that. He's always keen, whatever it is, he's keen to learn about it. And I think everyone should be open to learning about things. Doesn't matter what time of life you are either. So. True. It's just it's just a number, and uh, luckily number, we yeah. we seem to be living yeah. longer and healthier. Uh, yeah. So well, I hope so. I don't. I think things like you know doing sport probably help with that, unless you twist your ankle or something. You know, but <laughs> I'll get a bang on the head. But um, but no. But I mean, there's yeah. I I just I think all the things we've talked about. Um, I think there are lessons in all of them. I mean, obviously travel, a lot of lessons, sport. Um, you know, sport, I mean, things like, I remember that when I was, um, if I may quickly tell a story, that when I was at school, there was a lad who was much bigger than we were. He's about four or five years old. And he used to do all this messing about with a ball under his sole. And he used to drag it back and push it out and all the rest of it. And no one could get the ball off him. And then one day I turned up and saw what he was doing. I just watched the ball. And then I went in and took it off him. And everyone thought I was, you know, the next Bobby Moore or something. Of course I wasn't. I just, it was just a basic principle. And after that, I I said to people, just watch the ball. Don't watch his feet. Just watch the ball. And um, so uh, that was uh, unfortunately I might have milked it a little bit because he, um, he he got a little bit annoyed at me. But that was another that was another lesson I learned that as well. Don't milk it when you get something right. <laughs> yeah. So. Lots and lots of lessons there. And I, mm. I'm going to get you back to a curveball where we started from. Go on. If yep. uh, you know what you knew now and you were talking to that young lad um, that you spoke about earlier, yeah. so what sort of information, what piece of advice would you give him? I, well, I think the most... But, well, there's quite a few, obviously, but I, I think the, the, the most important, firstly, is basically be open to everything. But I think the biggest thing would be whatever you're good at, but you get better at it. Don't don't think you can just sit around and, and it, it will come to you. You know, uh, people, you, whatever skill you've got will not get any better if you just sit around continuing to be what you think is good at it. You have to develop that skill. It doesn't matter how good a writer you think you are or good a footballer you think you are. You need to develop that skill. Uh, often people talk about, oh, so-and-so is naturally gifted. And you think, well, they may well be, but it's not nailed on that they'll be a success in that thing you have got to put the work in and uh, i didn't know that when i was a kid it, it people actually told me the opposite um and uh, if i was talking to that young man obviously i can't that's a hypothetical but you can talk to other young men and women and that get them to think about not making the mistakes you made they don't always like to hear it because it's a bit of a cliche. The old bloke, don't make the same mistakes I made. You sound like a character on EastEnders, don't you, when you do that? But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like Mike Reed or Frank Butcher. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's that That would be the big thing. Whatever it is that you're good at. And, and also, I think a lot of it comes from enjoyment. If you really enjoy something, um, then you probably will get good at it if you, if you put the work in. Yeah, one of the one of the old sayings, isn't it? You, you can't buy experience. No, no, no you can't. You, you, there is no shortcut. There's, you yeah. know, whatever it is, poetry, football, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Being on the radio, there is no shortcut. It, it, it's, it's practice, 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 making mistakes, and and just correcting them as you go along. That, the, yeah. And that doesn't matter how much natural ability you've got. You must work at it. Otherwise, it it, it won't. It won't. It just won't come off for you. 
Well, as you say, we've had a really good chat, but time always gets the better of us. Oh, so, yeah. Keith, thank you so so much for being well, with thank us. Thank you. It's been it's been lovely. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, Lynn. I'm sure I've left quite a lot out that I could have said, but uh, you know. Anyway, um, so thank you very much for well, the opportunity. We, could, we can always come back and uh, do take two. You know, we, we can always <laughs> do. I'd, I'd be delighted to. I'd be delighted yeah. to. And uh, of course, your show coming up, so we will be hearing more about uh, the sports show. So uh, if yes, you're and anywhere, don't forget, yeah, and don't forget the deli as well. You, you've just missed one because there's one on Tuesday the 11th, but um, you can always get it on the catch up. But the, the, all, they're all on the BLFM player all the deli shows and then obviously the sports ones in the future but yeah just give them a listen yeah not only the deli and the sports all of the shows on uh, all of the shows your shows and all everything the whole lot (laughs) i've just i'm just plugging my bit because you were asking me but but yeah i I, I would i would highly recommend just go through the whole lot and blitz it all elfm player and anything you want to listen to just just go on there's there's lots of uh, there's there's great bounteous riches on there Great to hear from you, Keith, and thank you so much. And hope all is going to go well with the, the future shows for you. Thank you, and, and with yours. I know thank you've been you. in a lot longer. But. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for being with us. And, uh, yeah, as Keith very well said, uh, you can go back and you can listen to this all over again because there's loads of golden nuggets there from Keith and uh, his insights through life. And also all the other shows that go on uh, East Leeds FM as well. So very, very varied. Not just like us talking, there's some great music shows as well. So uh, dig in and have a go. And don't forget, we'll be back with you soon. But meantime, be careful and be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded in conjunction with the Chapel FM Art Centre and East Leeds FM radio station. For more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk and to know more about what Linda Sage is doing, her website is www.lindasage.com also on all the other social medias.